recording. Welcome to this week's Blind Donkey Runner High School Football Podcast. On this week's episode, I have four incredible coaches on the podcast. Rich Finley from Bowden Red Devil Football. Um, Coach Jamie Abrams from Cedartown Bulldog Football. Um, Coach Clayton Morris from West Carroll War Eagle Football. And Coach Keith Hodge from Dresden Lions Football. The last two coaches, Coach Morris and Coach Hodge, are starting the playoffs this week in Tennessee. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Back-to-back region champions, Coach Rich Finley of Bowden Red Devils. How's it going, Coach? It's going pretty good. How are you doing? Pretty good. How's it feel to be back-to-back region champions? Well, it feels really good. Uh, that was that was goal number one that our, our players set back in January going into the winter workouts and off-season workouts was to repeat as the region champions. So we got the we got to mark that one uh, off the the table and you know got the one seed and, and that helps you greatly in the playoffs coming up. Yes, sir. You guys will be hosting the, I mean the first two rounds, correct? We will host rounds one and two for sure. And then uh, that round three will come down to whether we're a higher seed or, you know, they have a coin toss that they kind of pre-do to set one side of the bracket as, as a home if it's a one versus one. So, you know, you could possibly get up with three games at home. That'll be awesome. If, if y'all can host as many games as possible, that'd be awesome for y'all because you, you guys have a really tough environment to play in down there at Bowden. I, I think so. I think playing at home and having the crowd here is a – is a definite advantage for us and really for any team going into the playoffs. Well, getting to last week's game against Best Academy, how do how do you got how do you feel like your team performed against the Eagles? I, I was pretty happy with our guys. Um, you know, going into it, we knew it was a Thursday night game. Um, you know, which was going to limit really the crowd size and who all would come. Um, it was raining in the pregame. It was pouring down rain. Uh, you know, Best Academy was kind of mathematically already eliminated from the playoffs so you know I was worried play being that we we just played our rival school and we just played a game for the number one spot you know going into to Thursday night so with, with all those distractions and playing on a different day than, than normal um, you know playing away from home not having a huge crowd in the rain I, I was really really pleased at how we came out you know we we were up 28 to nothing at the half and finished at 41 to 6 and celebrated took some pictures and then now it's back to business this week yes sir yes sir um you guys won 41 to 6 uh who do you feel like your standout units or players were from this game um our quarterback played pretty well we, we did not run the ball as well as we would have liked to um primarily they, they put a lot of guys in the box and it was just a, a night scheme wise that you know, we had to we had to throw it to, to kind of get them out of the box. So our quarterback, I think he was nine of eleven for 181 yards. So he played well. I think he had a 75 yard touchdown run also in the game. So he played well. Uh, defensively, the whole unit played particularly well. We had three interceptions on the night. Our, our corner, Jaquan Cox, he's a senior. He had two, and one of them was a pick six. So oh. our secondary played played well. I think they were. They completed one pass the whole night. So, um, you know, shout out to, to those guys. 
Wow, that's that's impressive. Two interceptions out of three. Um, how, what did you learn about your team from this performance? If you can still hear me, I cannot hear you. And oh, we're at that little three minute mark again. So, I thought I I thought um, I fixed I'm that. I'm gonna leave where you can resend me this. Okay, I thought I'd fix that. I thought I got that problem fixed. <laughs> that's all right. Um, what did you learn about your teams after this performance? Well, you know, we, we preach all the time. It's, it's not about who you play. It's, it's whether you're getting better and you're finding some part of your individual game and team game to get better to prepare you for the playoffs. And, you know, we went and did what we were supposed to do to best academy. So I think our kids are trying to do the things that we're asking them to do. And that's go out and try to get better every Friday night. Awesome. Um, how are you guys injury-wise going into this Friday, the last Friday game of the week or the game of the season against Armour Marching? I'm going to knock on wood answering this question, but we are, you know, 100% healthy right now. Um, you know, we're missing one lineman. He's out on a COVID quarantine um, serving his 10 days, and he, he should be back, I think, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, he hadn't repped all week, so – We'll be down one guy, but other than that, we're, we're healthy. Um, I saw – I've actually seen our Murchie play once this year, and it was a, one of the pre-season – or pre-non-region games. Um, what do these guys bring to – challenges to the Indians to you guys uh, offensively and defensively? Well, they are a much improved football team from a year ago. Um, I think they're sitting at five and three. And one thing I told our players in film this morning, uh, you know, of their – of their seven games they've played, they've been in all of them. You know, they lost one 16-14. They lost to Mount Sinai 28-14, but it was a 21-14 game late in the fourth quarter. So they uh, they play hard on both sides of the ball. They're a very physical football team. And then offensively, they do a really good job with that RPO offense where they're running a lot of zone and that quarterback has the liberty to pull it and throw to – Receivers running bubbles and tunnels and slants. So we, we really have to be on top of if we're a guy in man coverage, we got to cover. And if we're, you know, those D linemen, the linebackers stopping the zone, we've got to tackle the zone. So I know this is probably going to sound like a weird question, Coach, but what is the difference in a bubble and a, t- a tunnel? Well, a bubble, the inside receiver, he's, he's kind of running flat to the sideline and the outside receiver's blocking down on your – is either blocking your corner or blocking back on your OLB. The tunnel is the outside receiver coming in, and uh, you got your inside receiver going to block the corner to kind of help him get in there. So both of them, you've got to play pretty tight coverage to be able to get to them as the ball gets to them. Oh, okay. You don't, you don't, you don't want to give those receivers room to make a move on you. I've heard those terms, and I've never understood what they meant because I can't really see what's going on in the play. So thanks yes, for sir. Thank you for that. Well, well, one is one is the bubbles going out and the tunnels coming back in. Okay, that makes that actually that makes a lot of sense. Yes, sir. Uh, um, so I figured we could go into some a couple of fun questions and I'd let you get out of here. Well, we're at three minutes. I've lost you again. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this recording and let you send me another one. There we go. Yes, sir. So I come from a cross country right now where. Every day of the week is a different type of workout leading up to race day, which is Saturday for us. It is football practice on a weekly basis kind of like the same thing where y'all do a certain type of drills one day and then a certain type of drills another day? 
We, we do. It, it is really very, very similar where, you know, Mondays is kind of your install day. It's a little bit slower pace where you're kind of showing your kids offensively and defensively what their opponents are going to do. And you, you spread a lot of fundamentals into that day. Tuesday is kind of your heavy hitting day. It's your longest day where you're going to really rep plays full speed, tackling and all that blocking. And, and then Wednesday is more of a polished day where you, you might not wear, you know, your, your padded pants. You just have shoulder pads and helmets on. So you go out and it's a little bit shorter. And then Thursday, you're just in helmets, and it is a total mental day. You're just kind of repping plays on air or against bodies lined up defensively and offensively. So, yes, there's a rhyming reason for every day of practice. Um, and our kids kind of, you know, they know the routine at, at this point of the year. Awesome. I, I thought that was how things would go, but I was just curious. Yes, um, sir. Now, I've heard the, the mention walkthrough every, uh, from a few coaches. What exactly happens? Is it – I know it's – you're, you know, repping plays for the game, but what exactly is a walkthrough? Well, we, we use a walkthrough and, and Thursday practice that they're kind of different. Our Thursday practice, we're just in helmets – and it's, we call it a mental day where we're doing everything live speed. There is zero contact. So like our defense, if we're on offense, our scout defense lets us win. But we run plays to make sure we know who we're supposed to block and where we're supposed to be, what, what routes we're running. Um, defensively, we're lined up, you know, making sure we're lined up to all of their formations and we're, we're fitting where we're supposed to to tackle them when they run their running plays. So it's really a full speed, just no contact. Fridays we do a walkthrough, and our walkthrough is we line up. We don't have helmets on or anything, and we just kind of walk through all our offensive plays that we're going to run, and then we kind of walk through when we're on defense. We let the scout offense run the other team's plays, and we just kind of walk to our fit. So coaches use it for, you know, some coaches may use walkthrough as their Thursday practice, but but we don't use walkthrough because it's full speed for us other than hitting. Uh oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I don't. I don't hear you. And we're not at three minutes, so that's got me thrown. There we go, Coach. Yes, sir. I'm here. 
All right. So I got two fun questions for you, then I'll let you get out of here. Yes, um, sir. What is the best football movie you've ever watched? Well, I'm a huge Notre Dame fighting Irish fan, so uh, Rudy Rudy's one of my all-time favorites. Um, that would be one of them. And then if I, you know, kind of, kind of watch one for humor, um, then I, I would say the longest yard. All right. Um, what about best sports movie other than football? Best sports movie. I'm kind of partial to the Robert Redford movie, and this is going back and showing my age, but The Natural, um, about a baseball player uh, who, who gets injured young, gets out of baseball, and uh, comes back in when he's older and uh, has a chance to, to win a championship. So it's a, it was a, it's a good story, good storyline. Well, one of my other friends that I've interviewed, he's a coach out of West uh, Tennessee. You and him agree with two of those, so – pretty awesome um hey, which movie did we agree with the natural and the natural. radio or not radio, uh rudy rudy yeah the natural's a great movie he must be an older guy like me <laughs> <laughs> he's an older damn fan too so i can't, that kind of explains it yes sir um what is your biggest challenge as a head coach well you know that there's a there's a lot more than, than just football when you're a head coach. There's a lot of organization involved as far as, you know, making sure you have practice plans laid out and laid out for the week in advance. You know, you've got a lot of off-season planning to do, a lot of booster club meetings to do. I do, I do a lot of radio shows. Um, you know, there's a lot of fundraising, um, a lot of games set up. When you play away games, they're setting up pregame meals on the road, making sure you have buses. So as, as a head coach, you know, it, it, a lot of head coaches complain a lot that they don't get to just coach football like they did as a position coach or a coordinator. <laughs> so I think that, that one of the biggest things that you have to realize when, when you take a head job is you, you do have to be the guy that organizes the entire year of activities and things that make your program better. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um People don't realize how much work goes into being a coach, especially a head coach. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, everybody thinks it's a, well, a lot of people that are not in the profession, they think it's a four to six job, you know, or a, a eight to ten job on Friday nights. But it's it's, it's all day, all hours uh, of the night as well. Um, let's see. Uh, so in cross country, you know, there's certain types of workouts you do every week. Like on Mondays, you might do a long run on Tuesday. You might do a sprints Wednesday. Easy. Is there a certain, I lost you right there uh, talking about cross country and uh, you know, doing long distance on one day sprints on one day. So send me that link and we will, I can answer this question for you. I glitch out on me. Yes, sir. Um, we were talking about a, a walkthrough, uh, and what exactly that entails. Yeah, pe people use that term kind of loosely. You know, for some people like us, it's a it's kind of a full speed practice with no hitting, if that makes sense. We kind of, you know, the offense, if we're, if, say we're on offense and we got the scout D up, um, our offense will come out full speed. They'll get lined up and they'll run plays. You know, the defense has, has got to let us win on those walkthrough days. 
just making sure we know who to block, where the holes are when we're running the ball and making sure we're running the right routes. And then uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, we'll, the offense will run, scout offense will run plays and they got to let the defense win and just making sure we know how to line up, and, you know, run to where we're supposed to on all their plays. Now, some some coaches use the literal term of that when they do a walkthrough. They're just kind of lining up and walking through everything, all their plays. Mm-hmm. Co- coaches use that term differently. You know, we're, we're more full speed when we do a walkthrough. Oh, okay, that makes that makes sense. That, like I said, the reason I asked is because I've heard different things from different people, and I was just curious what it actually meant. Yes, sir. I, I just I don't believe in doing anything at a walkthrough pace because no, nothing on Friday night. Everything's full speed if, if you're going to be successful on a play. So we try to practice it how we're going to see it on Friday. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Coach, I've always I enjoy talking to you as always. Um, good luck against Al Murphy this Friday night at home. And I look forward to talking to you about next week's first-round matchup with the playoff. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to talk to you next week. All right, Coach. You have a great week. All right, you too. Next on the podcast, Coach Jamie Abrams from Cedartown Bulldog Football. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, congratulations on another victory in the region, a 34-7 win over Central Carroll. I appreciate it. Um, after looking back at film, uh, how do you feel like your team performed against the Lions? Oh, uh, yeah, I think – we did some things well. We did some things that we need to work on. That's generally how it goes every week. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happens. Yes, sir. Um, uh, who were some standout uh, units or players from Friday night for you? Well, um, excuse me. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jai Barnes ended up being our <clears throat> our defensive player of the game. He had, a, uh, I think, maybe 10 total tackles. I don't remember stats. I'm not a big stat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, entire defense really you know, played, played pretty well again. Um, and then um, on the offensive side of the ball, Harlem had a ton of yards. Um, and, um, you know, Jordan Johnson had a touchdown catch. So just um, – uh, you know, I don't know. I, I hate mentioning names, you know, but we're rushing for a bunch of yards. So the guys up front, like, uh, you know, Jalen Stevenson's our center and, and, uh, Zach Tillery and, uh, Peyton Nicolopoulos and Grant Dempsey didn't play last. Grant didn't play last week, but he, he, he was dressed and ready to go. And then, um, um, Dadrian Poole and Dustin Green, you know, those guys done, done an outstanding job all year long, uh, offensive line wise. Uh, and Demario Sims and uh, Edgar Martinez um, are, are you know guys that put, roll in at tight end. They've they've done a great job all year. Um, uh, so this this it, we like to and I tell them all the time you know more more team oriented than, than anything as far as individual accolades and all that kind of stuff. I try not to. Try not to uh, get real caught up with all that kind of stuff, but you know, if 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 you do what you're supposed to do as a team, those things will come. Right. <clears throat> I was about to ask about the offensive line because the three the games that I've seen from you guys, y'all run for a ton of yards. So I figured, you know, your offensive line play's got to be really good there. 
Yeah, you know, those guys just um, you know, there's no no um you know, you know, overly big guy or anything like that. They just kinda of greedy kids that get it done. That's uh, that's what you want in high school football. Exactly. Um what did you learn about your team from Friday night? No, I think we had a little bit of a, a, a slow start, um, but you know they just kind of no 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 panic button or anything like that. Just you know stayed the course and and got it figured out. Um, how are you guys going into the last week game against uh, Heritage? You know, right now, everybody, nobody wakes up and feels 100% at this point in the season, but um, we're, for the most part, fairly uh, fairly healthy, as healthy as we've been in a while. That's awesome to be that healthy at this time of the season. Right. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, going against Heritage this week, uh, you you guys, are, is, will this uh, determine who's number one seed, or is it already locked up? Yeah, I mean, there, there's um, – obviously, if we win, um, we will be the one seed. Uh, there's some scenarios that uh, you don't like to think about that, that could take place. But um, if we win, we'll, we'll lock it up. But it's not locked up right now. Would they be the two or three or where... – just all <laughs> – it all depends on how everything shakes out with all the other games, too. And, you know, you're at that oh. season, two where it's just – you know, if if this happens, then it's this. But a lot of if thens. Oh, I got you. Um, what challenges do the generals bring to you guys, offensively or defensively? Well, they play extremely, extremely hard. Um, get after it, and defensively, they they run around and make plays. And then uh, offensively, the the um, quarterback really makes them go. So um, you know, they gotta gotta deal with all those guys. You know. They 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 they're in the position they're in because they're a good football team. Would you they would you say they have a lot of speed or are they just run at you? Uh, they're more of a kind of an off tackle team. They're not going to try to try to get on the perimeter, but they do have some uh, capable receivers. And like I say, the quarterback makes plays for them. Okay. Um. Uh, I've seen a couple of their games, and they're they're not they don't put up very many points. So. Uh, for the games I've seen. A uh, couple more fun questions, and then I'll try to let you get out of here. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you have? That... I'm sorry. Uh, say that again. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you have as a head coach? <laughs> oh, man. I'm just narrow it down to one thing, huh? Oh, you, uh, can, you can go as long as you want. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Um, just narrowing it down to one thing, I think. Uh, hmm, that's a, that's a tough one. There, I thought it was supposed to be fun questions. <laughs> well, you you can pick as many things as you want. Um, I don't know. I think um, you know that day that daily. Uh, there's something every day uh, that to deal with, and you know. Um, I don't say that's a big challenge, but I mean that that they are challenges. Um, and, and I think I lost you. Let me try and send you another link. I lost you.
I still hear you though. No, I don't. What about now? You got me now. There you go. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Um, no, I was just saying that the the unknown that you have to deal with uh, that has nothing to do with football on a daily basis. You know, most everybody thinks a head coaching job is just you coach football, but there's I've learned there's a lot more things to it. Yeah, there's a lot more things to it. Um. I come from a cross-country background where every day you do a certain workout. You do, like, on Mondays you might have a long run. On Tuesdays you might have speed. On Wednesdays it's a shorter run. In football, is it kind of the same thing where you do a certain drill on Monday, a certain type of drills on Tuesday, or something like that for you guys? Um, somewhat, um, but not really the same things over and over per se. But, you know, you're going to do – you're going to get a little bit of individual and then uh, – group and and team on both sides of the ball is just how how you want to chop that up Mm -hmm. um now i've been asking coaches this week uh so everybody has their different idea of a walkthrough um you know a lot of some coaches will want to go like slow paced and work drills or uh schemes some coaches want to uh do fast like fast paced how do you like to do walkthroughs um we do we do a good number of walkthroughs um early in the week um somewhat of some jog throughs and then later in the week we just we do slow it down again so now if there's questions we can or things that we need to fix we can kind of we can kind of do that towards the end of the week well Coach, I enjoyed talking to you. I look forward to talking to you after a region championship win over uh, Heritage Generals next weekend. And um, good luck Friday night. All right. Thanks, sir. You have a good weekend. All right. See you. It's playoff time in Tennessee. Next on the podcast is Coach Clayton Morris from West Carroll War Eagle Football. Stop recording. Hey, Coach Morris. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Well, congratulations on making it to the playoffs. You guys are the third seed, correct? That is correct. Not exactly where we wanted to be uh, going into playoffs, but, you know, playing in a very competitive region and and uh, some very good teams in our region. But, you know, again, thankful to be in the playoffs. Anything could happen uh, once you enter November. And, and, you know, one of the challenges is getting there. And once you're in, you know, any, anything anything can happen on any given night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, first, uh, how do you feel like your team performed against uh, Trenton Peabody on Friday night? Hello? Did I lose you? There we go. Let's see if it work stuff out this time uh you guys are coming off of a tough uh game a region game against Trenton Peabody uh how do you feel like your team performed against Trenton? I, I'm gonna be real honest for myself all the way down through the players I don't think anybody performed really, really well I mean when you lose a ball game you know that that bad and it's that lopsided I mean it it, it starts with you as a head coach and and, and how you prepare the kids and, and more importantly how you you know, adjusted to things on the sideline Friday night. And, and I don't think I did a very good job of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
you know, it, it, we knew it was going to be a tough game. You know, they're, they're the three-time defending state champions for a reason. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and that was in 2A, and they bumped down to 1A this year. And, you know, they've got 70 kids on roster. And so, it, it, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a very tough game. And, and when you're playing those type of games against some of the teams that are top in the state and you're at their place, you have to capitalize on mistakes early to establish a foothold and, and, and kind of draw the line in the sand of where you're going to battle. And we had opportunities in the first and second quarter. I'm not saying that that would have changed the outcome of the game, but we had chances to swing a little momentum our way, make some plays and, and keep it competitive. And, and we just let those opportunities slip. And, and that, you know, that's a reflection on me as a head coach and preparing my kids to, to take advantage of those situations and, and also preparing my coaches. So, you're moving forward, you know, I hope that, you know, I can be a better, you know, head coach and, 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 and be better, you know, preparing my staff and my kids to, to take advantage when, when teams make mistakes, especially the top teams in the state. What were some things that stood out to you after watching on film? You know, I just – the reason why we were late getting to you tonight is I just left what we call Talons Out Live uh, YouTube channel radio, whatever you want to call it, interview on Wednesday nights. And I had the same conversation with a lot of things that went right for us this past Friday watching the film. It's more of something that sticks out to my mind. Um, uh, And it's a reflection. It's the first time as a head coach that I've encountered this. And and I hope that I do a better job moving forward of, of, you know, um, handling this situation. But there was one opportunity we had, and I think it was the third or fourth opportunity to really swing some momentum our way, and we missed. We, we swung and missed, and, it, you know, it just it, it backfired tremendously. And when that happened, I remember feeling the wind of, of our, you know, the, the wind and the fight of our kids on our sideline. It's just like we had just taken a gut punch, and, and everything was just lost. And, and for the first time this season with this new team, I had felt uh, just just a, a lack of, of of life. And and as a head coach, you know, there's a lot of things that 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 I wish we'd have done differently. That I regret not doing or doing too much of this. And, and you always do that, win or lose, as a coach. But probably my biggest regret right now that I'm hoping to to be better prepared for moving forward is my inability to bring the heartbeat back to the sideline. Um, and I know that's not always on the head coach, and you would love for that to be, you know, player-driven. In an ideal world, it is. But you have to remember, we didn't get an offseason. You know, these kids didn't get an offseason with me and my staff, and you know, we're still learning each other and figuring each other out and how everybody ticks. And and so the, the, the thing that, you know, that I'm known for, and I think Coach Hodge would attest to this, is bringing energy, bringing fire, bringing passion. And that was really the first time in, in my head coaching career and even with Hodge at, at Murray that I've just felt helpless and, and bringing that energy and fire and that the heartbeat back to the sideline. And, and you know, if I'm not able to do anything else differently, uh, schematic-wise you know, against superior teams, I at least need to be able to motivate my players to, to, to leave it all in the field. And, and so that's one thing that I'm, I'm hoping to fix, you know, personally as a coach and as a professional moving forward. Well, uh, bouncing probably, off probably went a little deeper there than you were expecting, but it's fresh on my mind. Well, hey, that's good. Good content. Good, good. You know, uh, bouncing off of that, uh, how's the morale at practice, and how's practice been the last couple of days? 
you know, and, and again, fresh from my mind, just had the same conversation, the same question. I was generally concerned going into Monday's practice. And, and yeah, we got together as a team on Sunday, but, you know, Sunday is more of a film day, treatment day, weightlifting and, and conditioning day. It's not really an up-tempo, put the pads on, let's get after it day. Uh, it's more just a, a, a maintenance day, so to speak. So, you know, it's easy to, to be lackadaisical sometimes on those days, and I don't put a lot of stock into reading kids' attitudes or things on Sundays. Uh, but I was really concerned going into Monday this week with practice, and, and I have to say that I was pleasantly surprised with, you know, everyone was on time, there was no moping, the energy was high, uh, the kids were having fun. They seemed to respond well, and, and and they're working. You know, I'm all about having fun when we're working, and, and, and they're working. They're getting after it. We've had a good week of practice, and, and I just really hope it rolls over and pays off this week and we and we get back on track um, after a really tough back end of our schedule where we uh, dropped three of the last five. And, and so, you know, it, it's we knew that back end of our regular season was going to be tough, and, and – um, you know, hopefully we can get back on a roll here right when we need to and, and go in and, and take care of business first round and set us up to move forward. Now, I've asked this question to a couple other people, and I, I'm sure it's different for everybody. But I come from a cross-country background, and, you know, Mondays could be a long run. Tuesday could be a, a easy day. Wednesday could be speed. As a football practice, do y'all do the same kind of – things or y'all do a certain thing on monday certain thing on tuesday i you know i I try to mix it up uh but but kind of the still the same overall goal so on sunday and this is straight out of hodges playbook so i don't i don't take credit for this i mean this is this again things i learned for him you work with somebody for a long time you, you learn tricks of the trade and so sundays is typically more of a long distance type conditioning it's, it's not necessarily full speed spent or full speed sprints for long distance. It, it's more of getting, I want them to really open their strides, open their hips and really try to push some of that lactic acid and that soreness out of their lower extremities as well as their elbows and shoulder joints with pumping their arms. Um, and you know, and that's kind of what we'll focus on Sunday. And that's kind of incorporated with a lower body shock day on Sunday as well, as far as weights are concerned. Um, and then Monday, it, it's it's a little bit of a mix. I mean, it's it's some short burst sprints mixed with some long burst sprints. You know, sometimes we'll do pyramids. Sometimes we'll do um, suicides. Sometimes, you know, it just depends. Sometimes we may just run a lot of 20-yard sprints. You know, it just kind of really, really what's on the mind. And in Wednesday, if, if I can swing it, I really like conditioning for the entire team on Wednesday to be game-specific. So whether it be – NASCAR series on offense where we're up tempo and we're moving quick. We get different offensive groups in the huddle and, and we, and we just keep going or we do defensive pursuit, uh, some sort of defensive pursuit drill that relates to, to some play calls we may be doing during the week. And so, you know, in those days that, that, that Wednesday, some days a hard day to get over that hump. And, uh, you know, you try to throw in conditioning, uh, where you can to make the kids feel like they're not doing conditioning. And then, of course, Thursdays, we, we really let their legs get back up underneath them. And, and, and even on even so on Wednesday, I mean, we don't do a whole lot of conditioning on Wednesday. But, you know, Sunday, Monday, into you know, and, and, and a little bit there, it's starting to tell off on Tuesday um, are our big days. Um, now, I've also heard that there's different different ways to do a walkthrough. Some coaches like to do speed go full speed some coaches like to do slow 
What's your version of a walkthrough? Ah, man, my my version of a walkthrough, and, and again, this is something that. Well, actually, this one goes back, kind of goes back to, to pre Coach Hodge, believe it or not, which may be the first time we've actually talked about that. <laughs> um, and this one came from Morgan Cruz, and it's something that we did at uh, Gibson County before I went to to work with with Hodge at Murray and. And the, the Thursday walkthroughs have always been a pet peeve of mine just because of the lackadaisicalness uh, that, that some, some people have with it. And, again, you're dealing with high school kids, and, and they have to feel, you know, whatever. Looking back at it, it was just as much my fault as um, anything. But, you know, it just it was very – I hate wasting time. It's a humongous pet peeve of mine. And so what we do for a walkthrough is we'll actually go shells uh, on a Thursday – and we do what's called a scripted game. And we're, we're going to simulate a game as much as possible with tempo, sudden change of possessions, um, getting, getting special teams involved, you know, whether it be kickoff, kickoff, return, put the offense or defense in certain situations. Uh, if we can get on the game field, we'll get music going and, and just, you know, try to get loud and, and, and really push the tempo for there for about an hour and a half. And, um, you know what I mean? Just trying to recreate that that environment on a Friday night, that mm-hmm. pressure, that 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 um, environment that's real hard to simulate unless you're in a you know Friday night situation or setting. Uh, that's my ideal version, and that's what I've kind of gravitated towards of a walkthrough. And we started doing that my last few years at Murray, and I thought it really paid dividends for us. And I think the kids really like it uh, here at at uh, West Carroll. Awesome. But I understand it a little bit more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's my that's my walkthrough. I, that, you know, it's just kind of what we do. We 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 get after it, man. I mean, we don't take people to the ground, but it's not just a, oh, what did you wear to school today? Well, let's just walk out there and line up what we're gonna do. No, we we uh, we we get after it a little bit, and I know everybody's got their own way of going about things, and that's that's the beauty of what it is we do. And there's no right or wrong answer, but. I don't know. I just I, I'd, I'd rather have an hour and a half of us just really getting after it and putting our teams in, in certain situations. You know, it's a lot of planning on the front end as coaches. You know, you come up with a script. You play, you map out how many plays, when special teams are going to be thrown in what, and what curveballs can you throw them week to week so it's not the same regimen every Thursday. You get what I'm saying. But I, I, I do think it's worth it, even for us as coaches, uh, really using that Thursday to – to, to communicate with our team from the sideline in a game type scenario. Yes, sir. That, yes, sir. Um, so moving on to this Friday, you guys have Booker T. Washington out of Mer- uh, Memphis. That is correct, and we are on the road. What do you know about these guys? They're very similar to a team that we played earlier in the year, week three, I believe. It was Humboldt, and that was a shootout. Um, mm. Booker T. is is very athletic. Um, they, they, they have a very good quarterback. I'm actually really impressed with him. He's good at he's good at extending plays, keeping his eyes downfield, finding open receivers while he's scrambling around. And they have some receivers that can go up, catch the ball, and then and, you know get yards after catch. When, you know, once they receive that first contact, you get the balls in their hands. So you know, defensively, we're going to have to do an excellent job of limiting their big plays. Uh, ideally, not give up any. And then we're going to have to do a, a really good job of containing the quarterback. And I'm going to be honest, that's something that we haven't done very well defensively this year. Uh, so we're, we're taking a little bit of a different approach to it this time. You know, trying to learn from some of the mistakes that we've done in the past and, you know, maybe asking some kids to do some things that they just physically can't do. Uh, so, you, you know, we'll do a little bit differently, a little, a little bit of things differently on defense, but we're still the same scheme, same goals. Uh, offensively, you know, I think their nose for them, 
present what you know what problems they could pre- present us offensively. Their nose is a very good football player, um, and he's right there over the ball. So if we don't get him blocked, and we and we allow him to get penetration, we're gonna have a long night. Um, and outside of that, it's just gonna be communication up front. I mean, they they don't give a whole lot of different looks, but they're always gonna bring a six guy, and, and and he's not just gonna be sitting in the box. They're gonna bring six every time. And, and so we need to be able to communicate who's picking up who, keep our eyes up on blocking you know, and, and win the line of scrimmage there and, and, and not let a blitzing backer catch us off guard and, and just do what we do. You know, go forward, stay ahead of the chains. If it's three yards on first down, consider that a win, and that'll put us in a fourth and one situation, which I'm comfortable with going with. Um, I'm not trying to give your players any big heads or anything, but what matchups do you think that you guys can uh, have an advantage over Booker T. Washington? You know, I think I think, and you know, I'll go back to the offensive side of the football. I think we are better up front. I really do, and I think it's high time that we actually start playing ball again. And it's not a personal shot at our O line. They they've played some really good defenses here in these last three or four weeks, and mm-hmm. we knew that they would on the back end of the schedule. And and we haven't been able to win the line of scrimmage in the games we've lost big. We've either stalemated or getting uh, been driven backwards on both sides. I think we're more physical. I think we love physicality more. And I think we're a team that is more battle-tested and willing to go the extra mile and fight. However, you know, the team we're playing plays high on emotions. And if we give them hope and we give them opportunity and we give them chance and we allow them to get feeling good about themselves, we're going to be in for a dogfight that I don't think we really want to be in, especially in Memphis. So we need to impose our will up front be able to run the ball and that's when we're at our best I mean it's easy to look at our stats and say you know when we rush for over 150 yards offensively you know pushing that 200 yard rushing mark between our three to four backs uh we're 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 in a good spot to win a ball game when we're 100 or less between those three or four backs uh 150 or less we're, we're not having a lot of success anywhere on the field so it's just who we are we're a run first team we have to embrace that we have to get back to that mindset and then defensively, I actually like the plan we have. I, I like the plan we have to, to, to kind of contain their quarterback. I think we're going to have a lot of success there. But it's going to come down to can our DBs withstand the goal balls and jump balls in those type of situations? Can they you know, pay enough attention to not fall asleep, go up, win those 50-50 balls, contest every catch? Uh, if they can do that, I, I really like where we could be defensively as well. Awesome. Um, how long of a trip is this for you guys? Oh man, a two hour, two uh, two and a half hours, and two hours and forty five minutes, give or take. That's not bad. Um, no, no, it's not. But you know, it's it's a uh, it, you know we're we're we've planned out a day. We're going to leave around lunch. We're going to get the kids a the, you know a good lunch, and we've got a walk through scheduled on the way down to Memphis at another school that's been gracious enough to let us you know get on their field and and have a, you know about an hour walk through on our way down and. I, I just don't want us to feel rushed. You know, I want us to be able to get there and, and you know, enjoy the day and and, uh, and and have a good day with it and, and, and really take in the environment and, and the, and the uh, you know, the atmosphere once we get there uh, so that way our kids are as acclimated as possible before pregame starts. Awesome. Um, uh, some, some of the matchups in Georgia are three or four hours, so <laughs> – yeah, yeah, and and you know that's the beauty of how you know Tennessee does, especially in public ball. You know, region region eight reaches up matches up with region nine, and so that you know that down in Memphis is a pretty good little haul from where we're at, but it's it's not it's not miserable, not yet. Um, how many regions are there in Tennessee? 
Uh, nine. Nine okay. total. Okay. That's kind of strange. It's an odd number. Yeah, and, and it varies over the years, I believe, if we go back and look at it. But, it, it you know, it's based off of member schools and different things. And, and you know, with the province having their own league, that's kind of throwing the monkey wrench in, in how many regions there uh, are. And um, But it, it's just kind of based off proximity of schools and enrollment sizes in the regions and this, that. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it that makes my head hurt just talking about it. <laughs> um, how are you guys injury-wise going into this game? You know, we're not 100% healthy. We've got a few kids that I'm hoping we get back this week that we've been missing for the last two or three weeks. Um, and, and we've been hurting that we've been missing those kids. Um, so, I, you know, I'm hoping to get good news on them tomorrow. Uh, they've been on the road of recovery from, you know, pretty good ankle injuries or pretty good knee injuries, you know, a lot of swelling, a lot of stiffness, a lot of range of motion. But they are uh, they're progressing nicely. Uh, you know, this is a report I got two days ago. So I get another report tomorrow and, and I'm hoping we, we get those kids back. There'll be mainly two starters that, that we missed against Peabody and we, and we missed against Scott's Hill the week before that. And then that'll help us. You know, when you're a small school, you just don't have a humongous amount of depth. Uh, so outside of that, we've got our normal, 10-game season, nicks, bangs, bumps, bruises. I mean, we've got some kids that are playing, you know, playing beat up. They're just beat mm-hmm. up, and and that's what happens when you play really physical football for a long period of time. But I'll say this, our kids are fighters. They don't complain. They they do the treatment that they're supposed to do, and, and they ask what they can do to help it. And, and when it's time to go to work, man, they go to work to the best of their abilities. And I think that's all you can ask for out of high school kids. Awesome, awesome. Um, I got two more fun questions, and I'll let you get out of here. Oh, you're fine. I'm just on the road, man. I'm all yours. <laughs> uh, what is your? What are some challenges that you have as a head coach? You cut out. Say that again. What are some challenges? What you have as a head coach? I, you know, it's funny because I actually had this conversation today as well. I was doing some paperwork for different things and. And showing some stuff that I had created for you know playoff purposes, submitting to the state database, and and um, somebody asked the question, "Well, do you ever just get to coach football?" And 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 that's funny that they ask. I I actually do less of the schematic coaching as a head coach than I did as a coordinator for Coach Hodge, and and I think that's something you don't realize. Uh, the, the magnitude of that until you're actually a head coach. And I think there's other head coaches that try to tell people that are inspiring to be head coaches that, hey, there's more to it than just X's and O's. Uh, there's the administrative side of it that takes up more time than you realize. Um, so, you know, that's been a challenge for me, um, not just instilling my culture and not just balancing X's and O's and being concerned with it. Instead of just one side of the ball, as I love her in Gibson County or Greensfield. Um, but the administrative side, the, you know, the b- behind the scenes things, I mean, you know, I, luckily I've got a very good booster club and, and they're well experienced in how things work. And so they were already, you know, thinking about, well, what if we were on the road for playoffs, what plans do we need to make? And, you know, bank with reservations for that. And, and those are things as a new head coach that I'm a fly by the seat of my pants type of person, but if I waited to. Uh, see what was happening on Friday night and, you know, and then wait till Monday to try, try to start getting travel plans put together for a long road trip. It's just not going to happen right now. And so that's where a good support system for a head coach in any, in any level comes into play. And I've been blessed to have a good one. I want to help, but 
challenges as a head coach, but it typically hasn't been with uh, X's and O's or schematics. It's been with the overall side of running a program. You mentioned you don't, you're not having as much to do or uh, effect on your play calling. How much effect or uh, do you have in calling plays and stuff like that? All right, you, you, you cut out again, man. It's something about calling plays. Uh, how much? Uh, how many? How much do you have your hands on calling plays? Deal with your other coaches. Uh so you know, defensively, I still handle the defense for you know. Uh, I've got some assistant coaches that help me there with the, with the uh, implementations and practice. Uh, so I, I still handle that as I would if I was still working for Coach Hodge or Coach Cruz or any or, or Coach Pitt. Uh, offensively, I try to I try to let my OC uh, Coach Dixon really kind of run with it, and, and I just try to be a support system for him as he's installing and and, and trying to instill the system that he that he wants to instill. With I'm support I'm behind and I support 100. Um, percent but you know he's young and this is his first time really kind of doing this, and so I I don't want to micromanage him by no means. I just want to be a support system for him, and um, you know I don't I don't have any. Uh, say I, uh, on on you know what offensive plays are called when and 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 I do that on purpose you know I, I, he it's a, I, I call defenses off a of field thing and and I hoping that he has a system that he calls offense off of and and he's done a good job throughout the season as a first year coordinator so I couldn't be uh, happier with him so I, I kind I, I don't want to be a micromanager I guess to answer your question in in short. Awesome. Well, we've mentioned Coach Hodge a couple times on the on the show tonight. How likely or what scenario would have to happen for you guys to play in the playoffs? Well, see, this is the weird thing this year. You know, for uh, the entire time, even before me and Hodge got together at Murray, West Carroll and Dresden were always in the same region, always. Well, they had a realignment, a major realignment last year. Um, and so this is the first year of that really new – majorly changed alignment so they're actually in district seven or region seven rather and mm-hmm. region seven travels to region six which is heading towards nashville so they're actually heading the opposite way of where our region's heading our region's heading south and their region's heading east mm-hmm. um so the only way the, well, th- there's no way that we would meet up with each other until the semifinals, and which would be round four there in Thanksgiving week. Um, he'd have to win quarters, and I'd have to win quarters, and then we would more than likely we would meet up during that semifinal game winner going to the state title, uh, state title game. So uh, there's a lot of hills and obstacles and, and bridges that have to be crossed for both his and my program uh, before we even think about a a Hodge Morris rematch, but you never know, man, you, you never know, but wouldn't that be something to have a, a, you know, both of us going back to the semis a year after we took Murray to the semis with that great group we had there last year. And, you know, shout out to Murray. They're, they're looking like they're poisoning themselves well for another playoff run this year. And so is Hodge at Dresden. And so are we here at West Carroll. So who knows, but that would be interesting talk. Would it not? Man, I, I, I don't know. That'd be an interesting week on the podcast. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And again, me and Hodge talk every day, and, and there's just a bond and relationship between me and him that that I don't think is ever going to go away. I don't care how far apart we get. And, and you were there for the tail end of it, but you know, me and Hodge went through a lot of trials and tribulations together, and there was a lot of moments where it was just me and Hodge, and no one else really kind of had our back at certain times. And 
and, and you really form a bond with, with the person, um, you know, when you're at your lowest of the lows and we had some lows before we, we hit those highs and, and, uh, you know, but I'm happy for him. I help him in any way that I can. And, and I miss working with him. I truly do. But, uh, you know, it's never going to be a good time when I have to coach against him. Uh, you know, most of what I do and how I approach things is, is what I learned from him. And when I have questions on things, I ask him, you know, hey, well, how did you handle this or how would you handle this? And, and, and you know, he was one of those that really kind of molded me uh, as a head coach. You know, I, had, I worked for people before him that molded me as a coordinator. Uh, the, the thing that set Hodge apart, he didn't mold me as a coordinator. He, he didn't micromanage me. He, he, he allowed me to learn my lessons the hard way my first few years there at Murray. And, man, if you were to look at the scores, I took some lessons. Gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards. But he stuck with me. Uh, he taught me the process. He didn't micromanage my decisions. He taught me the process. And in turn, you know, with that, he was teaching me to be a head coach. And, and looking at it now, he, he, he is directly responsible for everything that, that I'm able to achieve moving forward because he laid the foundation and the base. And, and he won't take credit for it, but I think truly deep down uh, he saw it coming uh, a few years after I started working with him. And, and, and you know, I, I'm very appreciative from him and everything he's done for me. Well, I wish I would have uh, started paying attention to you guys a lot sooner because you guys are fun to listen to, you're fun to talk to, and you're fun to pay attention to. I love what we do. He, he is passionate about it and I'm passionate about it. And, and we're both cut from the same cloth. You know, he wants his kids to be passionate about what they do, whether it's football, academics, jobs, family, whatever it is, just be passionate about what you do. And that's, that's an infectious mindset. And, and, and I'm the same way. You know, I talk about, you know, what's your why? What we, we all have a why. You have a why, I have a why. And you have to remember that why because you know this as well as anybody. There are struggles in life. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are dark moments in life. And if my kids take anything away from me, it's the ability to persevere through those dark valleys because you remember your why and you have passion for what you do. And, and I hate asking kids to be something that you're as a coach or as a teacher or as a male or as a professional is not willing to be yourself. I have major issues with that, not just from from coaches to players, but from, you know, anybody that's in charge of people, anybody in the leadership role. You know, don't don't ask somebody to be something that you're not willing to be yourself. And and I think that resonates with my kids. I'm not going to be, you know, asking them to do something that I'm not comfortable with doing myself. And if I want them to be open and buy into the why and have passion and have reason, then I need to coach with that passion and region and I, and, and um, you know, reason. And I need to teach with that passion, passion and re, uh, reason. And, and that's straight, you know, that's something I learned from Hodge. And, and I think it resonates with the, the generations of today. I feel like if I could see, I'd love playing under you because that's what I love about our, our cross country coaching call or high school. He wasn't willing to do a workout or he wasn't going to make us do a workout that he wasn't going to do himself. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, it, it's, you hate you hate talking about it bad about any situation, but but you hear horror stories and you see horror stories and and you know and coaches kind of get a bad rap and, and and let's be honest, some of the bad raps that we get ourselves, you know, it, it, we can point fingers and make excuses, but but there's a stigma with coaches sometimes in school and and of course I just entered a new school and there was that stigma. Oh, he's a football coach. He's going to sit in the back and all the faculty meetings and this that and the other and he's no good in the classroom and. And, and, and I take offense to that. It's personal. Man, I, you know, I went to school to be a teacher and a coach, and I'm just as passionate about the content that I teach my students because I want them to be passionate about what they learn. Just like me coaching the football field, I'm just as passionate on the field 
because I want my kids to play with that passion, that drive, and that fire. And so there's a lot of correlations and layover between the field and the classroom. And, and as a father and as a husband, as a family man, as a professional, whatever it is, or just a member of a community, if you allow it and you believe in what you are and you don't put on a fake face, kids read through fakeness. That, and, and, and that's my, you know, I, I talk to young coaches and my, co- my coaching staff is young and, and they say, hey, what's the secret? And I said, don't be fake. Don't be fake because kids read through that quick. You're going to be who you are and either who you are is good enough or you're not in the right spot. And, and that is – once you're able to swallow that as a professional and as a coach, then you're able to to hopefully move towards success. And, and I think that's, you know, that's the lesson that I learned at Murray is, you know, I went into that thing thinking, ah, I've made it. I'm at a good program with a coach that's been at a, you know, state title game. Look at me now. You know, that chest bowed out. You can just imagine what, what, what I looked at, bebopping in there. And, boy, I got humbled quick. I mean, we're playing the likes of Maysfields and McCrackens and Paducah Tillmans and Caldwell Counties, and and boy, we were getting shellacked. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was because I was trying to be something that I wasn't. I wasn't being me as a coach and the passion and the fire that I have for the game. And and working for Hodge and working at Murray taught me a very very valuable lesson. And it was because I actually worked for somebody that was willing to let me make mistakes in order to grow and was willing to stick with me in those early years when I was just a young, foolish, clueless defensive coordinator that thought he knew it all but has no clue. I still don't know it all, but I, I do understand that there's a, there's, a, there's a fine line between humbleness and arrogance. And, and as an athlete or as a professional or as a coach, you have to tread that line. You don't want to be too arrogant, but you, you want to have some humbleness with it. You don't want to be a coward either. Uh, willing to learn, willing to make mistakes, and and all of those things is is again he'll he'll deny it, but it's really it's it's Keith Hodge. You know, Keith Hodge allowed me to learn the hard lessons, and and hopefully I'm returning the favor to my young coaches, and 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 again you know experience a little bit more than most 30 year old head coaches have, uh, just because I, I wasn't in the ideal situations, and I and I didn't work for micromanagers. You know, I made mistakes on my own and climbed my way out of the out of the deep, dark valleys with the help of a support system, but not people that were willing to micromanage me. It was more of a, hey, you made this mess. I'll help you get out of it. But ultimately, it's going to be you that has to put forth the work. And, and hopefully that goes a little bit further for me. Yes, sir. That, you, you've been through some tough you know, places at Greenfield and you know, Gibson County and Murray. So, I mean, you've had some tough teams to play and you've had some tough instances. Uh, I can't remember if we've talked about it, but what do you, what do you teach? I actually am certified to teach biology, physical science, chemistry, and all of the ag courses. So I'm not your typical coach. You know, I've, I've got a, a undergrad in biology, and then I've got two master's degrees, actually. So wow. um, I, I'm actually able to teach more than just your typical, uh, you know, what, whatever, you know, people think the stigma is for coaches. And, and I love biology. I love science. I have a lot of, uh, a lot of desire and passion to to instill that that interest and that intriguingness that comes with a good science class, that hands-on learning that I think a lot of kids really kind of thrive around. Um, man, I'm all about that. I've always enjoyed science and especially biology. Um, so biology is your favorite? Biology is my favorite. You know, and I, and I haven't had I haven't been teaching ag as long as I have biology. So I, you know, ag opens up a lot of other doors as far as hands-on learning, outside learning that that I, that really intrigues me. But Biology is where I'm at home at. It's my it's my comfort zone. Um, 
I struggled with chemistry. With chemistry, I couldn't stand. Uh, that was my worst subject. <laughs> yeah, chemistry is tough. It, you know, basic chemistry is I, I'm okay with, but you get up into that organic and inorganic chemistry, and man, that's a whole different animal. Uh, kind of like math. You know, I was always all right with math. I, even in stats, I was good with math. But when I got to that upper level calculus, boy, I struggled with that. That's a different animal too. Uh, I'm just my, balancing chemical equations was the worst thing for me. Really, man, I love balancing chemical equations. Matter of fact, one of my managers came into my room. I guess it was last week, and she said, "Coach, I need help with this." And and uh, we sat there in front of my my physical science class, which is a bunch of freshmen, and we're we're still learning about the periodic table, so we hadn't even got to balancing simple equations yet. And we're up on the board, and and, and me and one of my managers are just going back and forth, talking out how to balance these equations. And I got lost in it, man. I I enjoy it. It's like solving a puzzle. See, I'm good with like math and. I guess it was a struggle for me in uh, chemical equations. Um, Again, just got you just got to remember the why. What's the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing? You know, you having the same amount of mass on either side of the arrow is how I like to explain it. So uh, you, you you remember that why, and you remember your goal. You're gonna. You, it's a lot easier to achieve the task. Exactly. Uh, I figured that out later, but it was a struggle in high school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a struggle for me in high school too because I, I didn't have it explained to me that way. <laughs> um, you mentioned ag. Uh, I know Dresden. Their stadium is like near the ag barn. Uh, yeah, they actually. Have- and I didn't know that until Hodge told me that. And in, in in high school, you know, we actually played at Dresden. It always smelled so bad. But I didn't know they have one of the biggest hog farms, if not the biggest hog farms, high schools in Tennessee. So you know, they, they're big in ag. We're in the ag rich area here in Northwest Tennessee. You know, it's very. Row crop, cattle, and 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 some some uh, pig farms around here. It, it's very big in that. Um, you know, you've got a couple of Tyson plants. You got one in Union City. You got one at Humboldt. So you know, there's chickens all around. Chicken farm across the state line in Kentucky. You got and you got cotton big here, and so we're in a very rich area. Does West Carroll have a good ag program like like that? We don't have a massive hog farm. Uh, they did have a cattle farm at one point in time, but we're going through a lot of turnover. Um, we actually kind of go to a CTE uh, a shop school for Carroll County, but we do have an ag teacher, and he does ag mechanics and ag science, and they have a greenhouse, and, and I think he's going to do some great things with it. He's new. This is his first year as well, so I'm interested to see where he takes that off to. But it's just too much for a head football coach to run a – successful ag program so uh you know i'll be support to him and anything that he needs but uh there, there's definitely room for some great facilities at west carroll for ag to take off awesome i, I actually grew up on a hog farm uh, from like age seven to high school i graduated so i know all about that smell uh well, yeah that's that's a different that's a different smell man different oh, smell and then uh our cross-country course went right by a cow pasture <laughs> yeah see i'm i'm used to the cow pasture cattle and we had horses growing up and we even had chicken coops so i'm even used to that but that that hog farm those 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 pig houses and pig pens and hog farms they're, they're just a little bit different of a smell oh yeah that's it's some rough stuff my dad always said it smelled like money uh yeah no doubt well coach i really enjoyed talking to you and i uh look forward to talking to you next week after a win over booker t washington down in memphis did i lose you can you hear me? Can you hear me? Ah, you there? I can. I can. Here.
Yeah, yep, there I'm you here. go. You there? Got me. So, I look. I, I, yep, I, I really enjoyed talking to you, as always, yep, Coach. Uh, look forward to talking to you next week after a big win over Booker T. Washington. Yeah, yeah, look forward to talking to you again next week, and hopefully it's a good conversation, and we're moving on and talking about round two and talking about that matchup. Awesome. Good luck this weekend, Coach. Look forward to talking to you. Yes, sir. You have a good rest of your evening, and look forward to seeing you or talking to you next week. All right, you too. See you. All right, bye-bye. Recording. Next up on the podcast, Coach Keith Hodge from Dresden Lions Football. Stop recording. Stop. Hey, Coach. Good night. What's going on? Not much. Uh, congratulations on another win over the Rockets from uh, Friday night, 20-13. Uh, to 13. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, thank you. Um, tough game. I knew it would be, you know, um, kind of had to battle elements, wet football the entire time. Uh, you know, just a, just a lot to deal with on a Friday night, but, you know, it's kind of expected this time of year. And, and you know, I felt like at times we handled it well, and at other times we really didn't, and especially early going we didn't. And uh, we let it kind of – kind of get in the way of things and uh, it took us a while to get going and that's kind of been our story the past couple of weeks is not getting going but uh, you know it was good to to get out of the game at home on a, and uh, get go away with a win well to show how good you know Crittenden County is uh, Luke Kreider was the player uh, got a couple of helmet stickers from the people at region one sports this week so you, you guys were going up with some stiff competition from Crittenden County yeah, and, and and they always are. You know, they're they're tough. They're well coached. They uh, they do things right. You know, and I, and I you know, I was impressed with how Luke, you know, stood in the pocket against us, and uh, he played re- really well. And he had a couple Q draw plays that hit us up the middle, um, which we knew was coming, but we still didn't defend it well. And uh, but uh, you know, I thought Luke played well for him and. You know, again, I thought their defense played well, and I knew they would play good defense. They always do. And, uh, you know, their record doesn't show how good a football team they are. And, uh, you know, that they play hard. And, again, I knew it was going to be a tough opponent. And I knew it would feel like a playoff game, and that's exactly what it ended up being. Um, talk about after watching film, how do you feel like your team performed on Friday night? Yeah, like I said, it, it was it was some highs and lows, you know. Um, I felt like we, once we settled in, we executed pretty well. You know, we blocked well up front and uh, ran the ball pretty good in the in these conditions. You know, we, uh, you know, we ran for well over two hundred yards, and I thought that was big for us. And you know, it's kind of our goal. And I think you have to do those things in bad conditions. I think you, you got to be able to run the football and you got to be able to block in the box well. And and uh, second half, we we did a really good job of that. And you know, um, I, again, watching film, I still think there's things that um, we're, we're not fixing. You know, we're, we're not getting to the where we want to be at this time of year. And uh, and I think that's normal. You know, I think for me, that, that's just how I am. And, you know, I, I want things to, to constantly be improving and fixing the things that I feel like that are fixable. You know, and there are some things that are still fixable for us. And um, we've changed a couple things this week after watching film that, we hope puts us in a better position and, and creates better angles and spots for us. And, um, 
you know, and hopefully we can go out and execute that. You know, that's what it boils down to. We can change whatever we want, but, you know, we, we've got to be able to go out there and execute what we're trying to do and, and when things aren't working, be able to fix it. I mean, um, defensive-wise, you guys performed really well, only allowing 13 points against that offense of Crittenden County. Yeah, you know, I, I felt like our defense, um, you know, other than a couple of big plays, you know, we played really well. You know, we uh, uh, we forced them to punt several times and, and blocked one and stuffed one on a fake punt. And, um, you know, I thought in that, in that aspect, we prepared well and executed it. You know, we were worried about their punt. They, they do a unique punt formation with rugby and, uh, they're, you know, it's always one of those things with the eligible receivers and how they do it. And they always got an athlete that can run it. If you don't pressure him and if you miss him, he can still take off running. So it's tough. It's a tough thing to defend, uh, when you're good at it, like they are. And, you know, we, we prepared for it and did a good job on that and, and executed it. And I think that's what it boils down to is execution. But, you know, that, like I said, you know, like you said, there's, there's things our defense did extremely well. Um, you know, our past defense, I thought was pretty good for the most, for most of the night. And, you know, and, and you know, and, and they wanted to throw the ball, you know, they, they, they stood back there and threw it quite a bit, still in that conditions. And, uh, you knew that was kind of their game plan. And, uh, but they did break, like I said, quarterback draws on us that hurt us. And, uh, but you know, I, I like our red zone defense. I think our red zone defense has been good at times this year and, and held strong. And, um, you got to have that this time. It's important, you know. You got to be able to bend a little bit, but not break. And, uh, and like you said, I think our defense overall played pretty well. The play, that, the drive that I remember, I was following along from Adam Wells on Twitter, so I wasn't able to listen to it. But Crittany was driving right at the end of the game, and y'all held, y'all stuffed him. I don't know if you guys were in the red zone there or not, but that was what I remember. Yeah, yeah, we were. Um... You know, we pinned them on a punt, you know, that oh, it almost went out of bounds at the inch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was right almost at the one, and it went past that pylon. And, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, like I said, it's a game of inches, and it was inches. And they got the ball at the 20, and they drove some and got on the other side of the field and uh, put themselves in a position football game. And uh, we came up with a big uh, strip sack fumble and uh, ended the game there. And that was huge. You know, like I said, the, the defense was bending there. Uh, but came up with a big play, and um, you know, and they'll take it type of games and playoff time and everything. You know, you want big players, you know, to make big big plays. You know, you got to have some explosive things happen. And uh, we had we had a, a fumble return for a touchdown. That was that was a big play for us. And so you know, we created some we created some big plays, but we waited to get that momentum, and you know, hoping we're learning from that. I might be burying the lead with this question, but how? How's practice been this week preparing for Eagleville? Uh, you know, really good actually. You know, we've we've had some great practices and um, we uh, have gotten after a good practice and prepared well. And um, you know, and like I said, we've tweaked some things here and there, like like you do this time of year. You don't change everything, but you you try to create better matchups for us and and uh, put us in better spots. And you know, I, that's one thing you know I've been really impressed with is is our practices over the stretch. You know. Practices tend to go the other way this time of year. Sometimes you get kind of that monotonous feel where you're just doing the same things over and over and over. But, you know, we've come out with a uh, with a sense of, you know, wanting to get things done, wanting to pay attention to details and, and discuss things. And, uh, you know, the team has done a good job of that. So, you know, I'm proud of and, – and I think we've had several good weeks of practice. I, I don't think practices are uh, – 
or hurting us in any way or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, going out and not waiting to take, and not waiting to make that spark where, where, where you know, we got to change that. We want to, we got to create things earlier for us. Now I know different coaches believe in different ways to do things. Um, I come from a, you know, track cross country background where, you know, one day it could be a speed workout. One day it could be a long distance workout. And one day it could just be easy runs and stuff like that. Um, how do you do practices kind of the similar way as like Mondays y'all do weights, Tuesday y'all do something else, Wednesday y'all do some kind of drills or something, or how do you, how do you organize that? Yeah, 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 that's a good question, you know, and, and, and that's one of those things that I think, you know, a lot of coaches struggle with is how to organize the practices and throughout the week and, and tweaking things and, you know, you, you still, you kind of kind of look at your kids a little bit and gauge them and, you know, be able to change things a little bit here and there, but you know, a normal week for us is Sunday. We, we watch a lot of film. We lift. We do some conditioning, and we talk about things, talk about things we need to fix and, and go over a couple things here and there. And and then uh, a Monday is another lift day, but we also practice. We'll go out and practice on Monday and uh, go ahead and start installing and, uh, and you know, getting the game plan, you know, kind of in, installed on Monday where the kids know, hey, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we want to accomplish this week and, and what we need to do to stop our opponent or whatever it might be. And then uh, we set up Tuesday as more of a defensive day and we do do some offense, but it's primarily a defensive day where we get a ton done defensively. Then we flip it, you know, more of a Wednesday, Wednesday's more of an offensive focus day and spend a ton, a ton of time on that. And then we, we do go back and, and revisit uh, defense and then on Thursday we put it all together and we, we treat Thursday as a, um, a game style situation uh, where we want kind of like a game situation simulation. We go out and we do kickoff and then we do, uh, you know, our scout and then we, we do punt return and we, just, we do it by quarters and we have halftime and all that stuff. So, you know, that, I think that's been good for us. I think it kind of gets in the feel for the game and, um, so that's kind of our week, uh, broken down there pretty good. And, uh, you know, so far I think it's been pretty good to us. Um, staying with that theme a little bit, uh, I talked to a few coaches and every coach has their little twist on a walkthrough. What is your idea of a walkthrough? You know, I, I think it varies. You know, I don't, I don't look at Thursday as a walkthrough when somebody says walkthrough, I literally think it means we're going to walk through plays. We're going to walk through assignments. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, you know, just go slow. That's what I, I consider a walk through. Like if you got a big game, that's away, and you're going to travel and you want to stop somewhere and do a walk through real quick. That's what I consider that. I, my third, our Thursdays are, like I said, more, you know, we don't go to the ground. Uh, but we still wear shells. We still get after a little bit and uh, fine-tune things. And uh, like I said, we treat it more as a game simulation. And uh, so that, that's – my Thursday's not really what I consider a walkthrough. You and Morris pretty much sound the same thing. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you know, he, he's been around me several years, and we, we've bounced ideas off each other over the years and um, different things that we, we, we found that we like. You know, and then some things we don't like, you know, and you, like I said, you, you got to be able to uh, be able to tweak some things and what fits your kids most. And, um, you know, and that's just something we've tried to do this year. Awesome. Um, going into this week's matchup against Eagleville, how are you guys injury wise? 
you know, we're pretty good right now. You know, we got a few guys that are banged up here and there and, uh, you know, that are having to, having to do some therapy on some different things and, uh, just so they feel good for Friday night, you know, it's nothing that's, uh, holding them out or anything like that. They've still actually practiced. So, you know, it's, uh, like, like you always say this time of year, you know, especially when you've kind of went through a gauntlet a little bit here at the end, I think we've played some tough teams and, uh, played our district games and things like that. So, you know, like I said, but it's been preparation. It's good preparation for playoffs. You know, it's got you in a, it's in a good spot to, to be able to deal with things during a game and everything. So, uh, but health-wise, we're you know I feel good. You know I, I like where we're at, and um, you know we're hoping that uh, we get out Friday night with a win and and, and good health again. Now, um, I just for comedy reasons, could they pick a less obvious mascot for Eagleville? I don't even know what their mascot is. They're the Eagles. Oh well, I guess that's uh. I guess that's what you got to do. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they ever had another choice probably on that one, but <laughs> I mean, that's uh, not creative. Yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> I tend to ignore mascots way too much. I, you know, I sometimes I, you know, like we played LCA in the semifinals last year. I have no idea what their what their mascot is. Um, so that shows you how observant I am of, of those type of things. And uh, but uh, Eagleville Eagles, that, that, I guess that's pretty fitting for them. Um, I was trying to think of Lexington Christian's mascot, and I can't. I always want to call him Lexington Catholic, but it it is Lexington Christian, correct? But there are there is a Lexington Catholic there also. That's a big rivalry to them. And oh, uh, but yeah, there's Lexington Catholic, and there's there's Lexington Christian, and uh, gosh, I'm trying to think what their mascot was, but I really, it might have been the Eagles, but I really can't think of what it was. Think it was, but I can't remember. I I tried to as soon as y'all were done playing, I tried to put them out of my head. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, it was a tough matchup, and they were really good again this year. And uh, of course, they had that whole team back. I mean, it was literally they only had four or five seniors from that entire team, and got all those guys back. And they a uh, ton of them will go play at the next level. So that's uh, you know, it's a good football team over there. Uh, let's see, uh, what challenges do Eagleville bring to you guys offensively and defense? Well, I think the number one thing for them is uh, they're, you can tell they're well coached. You know, they don't turn the ball over. You know, I haven't hardly seen I, – I, I'm trying to think in my head how many turnover, turnovers they've even had in all the film we have. Uh, it's very, very little. Um, so, they're, they're smart with the ball. Uh, it's a very efficient offense that is uh, – you know, they do take shots downfield, but they want to be more methodical. Uh, they throw to the outside a ton. They don't throw over the middle a lot just because of the traffic, I guess. And, you know, uh, defensively, I think that's where they're best. I, I think they play good hard-nosed defense that, uh, you know, again, it's a little bit of a bend, but don't break. But um, they, uh, you know, they their defensive uh, points allowed this year has been pretty, pretty darn good. Um, they've given up some here and there to some really good competition, but uh, you know they play good. They play good. They play good defense, and they also have a great kicker. You know they've got a, a kid, maybe the second best kicker we've seen this year, and uh, kicks it down to the three or four. And uh, he also can do a sky kick. It's really good, and uh, so you know they're strong in that area. Um, you know, so they they got bits and pieces that can cause us some issues, and 
uh, you know, again, it just boils down to us also being smart with the ball and uh, hopefully being a little bit more explosive. Uh, that's one thing I want to see is uh, some big plays come out of us and get some sparks early and uh, trying to make them play catch up. You know, that's kind of my goal is to get out in the head and, and, uh, and see if they can uh, play catch up with us. What are some things that you think your, uh, your lions can exploit of theirs? You know, um, it, it's always hard to tell. Um, but, um, you know, if they stay true to some of the things they're doing, you know, I, I do like some matchup things that we're, that we're going to try to create, uh, actually both sides of the football, um, you know, rather that be pressure, rather that be, uh, forcing them to, to make the harder throws. Um, but also on our offense, like I said, we, we need to create some more explosive plays and rather that's in our run game, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking in our pass game, uh, trying to, uh, trying to create some big plays for us. And, and we did the other night against Crittenden, uh, you know, we came out second half and created a big explosive play right off the bat and, uh, and then create some more big run plays later in the game. So that's what you want to see. You know, you, we want to be, uh, we've lacked that a little bit this year, just being explosive. And, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, what we've worked on this week, we're able to to execute on Friday night. Awesome. Now, this game is at home, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, very, very glad to have that. You guys are the number two seed behind McKenzie, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, con- first of all, congratulations on the two seed out of that region because that's a, that's a really tough region with McKenzie and you guys and then – I'm blanking on who's behind you, but it's still really tough. Yeah, it was McEwen and, and, and Gleason. And, uh, you know, you know, McKenzie's obviously their number one in the state. You know, they're a tough football team, got a lot of talent and everything. And, uh, you know, so it, it's good for us. You know, you know, you always want to finish first. But, you know, if you, if you fall short, you know, you hope it's at least second and be able to host. And, you know, hosting in the playoffs is a big deal. You know, it's big for the community. It's big for uh, the kids. And those seniors get another home game. And, uh, you know, you want to make people travel to your place. And, you know, I kind of – I've always kind of felt like Dresden and thinks it's a tough place to play at. And, um, you know, so, you know, we're hoping that Eagleville feels that way right when they get off the bus and also when they leave. Well, they're, I, I guarantee you they're not used to smelling the hog farm. <laughs> you know, it's different. And, uh, yeah, I don't even smell it no more, you know. And, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, like I told you before, there's things like that you miss. And, I, you know, I've missed those type things. And, uh, like I said, it's unique. Uh, it's a unique atmosphere. Uh, that was one of the main things when Crittenden's coach got off the bus and came out there. He said, man, I, you know, I really like this atmosphere. I like how things are set up and, you know, and all that. And, uh, you know, and that was good to hear. You know, you like hearing things like that. You know, you want to – you want there's nothing like a high school football atmosphere. And, you know, that's what you try to create. And, and, uh, and I think it's important. Me and uh, Morris were talking about that the other night that uh... – about your environment over there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, it's a little different feel, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It just has something about it. And, uh, you know, and I enjoy that part of it and, uh, you know, I'm hoping Eagleville, I'm hoping maybe it plays with them a little bit. We'll see. Um, getting to a couple of off topic football questions and then I'll let you get out of here. Um, what are your, some of your biggest challenges as a head football coach? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, honestly, I to me, it's more the administrative side of things. You know, it's the 
it's the paperwork. It's the it's the it's the off season stuff. It's keeping up with with the players' grades. It's uh, you know figuring out what you want your assistant coaches to do to help the football team and and uh, put them in in good positions where they're comfortable. It's uh, you know it, it's a constant the scouting, the putting things together. The uh, it, it isn't just go out go out and go out and practice and play. You know, it's just not. Right. Uh, I spend way more time doing the other things than I do that. Uh, and, and that's hard. You know, when I, when I first got into coaching, I became an offensive coordinator. You know, that's what, that's the stuff I fell in love with. Cause I really felt like I was able to focus on the players and, and the X's and O's and, and, and those things that, you know, a little bit more about the coaching side of things, but as a head coach, you know, you, you you've got to be able to split those things. You got to be able to, to uh, to put your time in it in, in all spots of a program, you know, it, it, like I said, it isn't just lining up on Friday nights. It's everything. Uh, it's being able to communicate with parents. It's being able to fundraise. It's being able to uh, try to be on the same page with all your players and, and parents. being on you know same page with your with with your administrator and uh, you know so there, there's just a lot to it, you know, and um, you know it definitely keeps you busy. Uh, it's, it's 12 months out of the year. You know, it's not like we stop whenever the season's over, you know? So, you know, I do get a little bit of break and give them a little bit of break, but then you're right back at it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it kind of never ends. Um, but, uh, you know, there's not one thing that just what I look at and say, man, you know, I dread that, you know, it's nothing like that. It's just, it's a combination of several things that, you know, you got to get used to and, um, you know, but, uh, I'm, I, you know, there's, there's just a big part of me that misses. I feel like I, I don't get as much one-on-one time players and, uh, and, and the X and O part of it that I love, but, you know, but I love being ahead. You know, you know, there, there's just, there's just, a, there's just, there's a lot of, a lot of things you gotta, you gotta deal with and go with and, uh, and focus on and, and you know, that's what I signed up for. So that's part, part of it. Yeah. The most common person wouldn't realize all that. Um, so I know you're an offensive minded coach, but how much, uh, effect do you have on the offensive play calling? I, I do all that. You know, I, uh, I come up with all the schemes and, and the play calling and all that stuff. And, um, you know, that's been hard on me this year because I've had to learn my players. You know, I came in basically in early July and trying to learn what these guys are good at and what they need to improve on and, you know, we try to build on what they're good at, not necessarily what they're bad at. And, uh, you know, and everybody and every player and every sport, every, everybody's bad at something, you know, but we want to build on what they're good at. And, right. you know, I've kind of over years, I've kind of learned that, you know, stop trying to fix the things that they're not great at, you know, instead focus on what they're, what they're really good at and, and get better at those things and, and exploit those things. And, uh, uh, you know, and then defensively, you know, I've, I hired a new coach that's, uh, you know, he's new to it and, uh, not new to coach, new to, you know, high school being a, a coordinator for me and things like that. And, you know, so I've had to really dive into more defense this year and, and be on the same page with him. And that's what it boils down to. It's not about trust. It's about being on the same page. I think that's more important than anything is when your staff is on the same page, you can be a lot more successful and, you know, and us coming in late, like me and him did, I feel like our staff has, has really gelled. You know, it took us a little while to get going and get on the same page and everything. But when we have, you know, we've developed a really strong defense. And, uh, and I've been proud of that. And, 
uh, you know, and so again, you know, like I said, it's, it's having your hand in everything, uh, but also trusting your coaches and putting on, putting as much on them as you can. Well, for coming in as late as you guys did, I think you're doing a really good job over there. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I feel like I could do better. I feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're a nine and one, eight and two top team and, you know, I'm not saying seven and three is bad or anything, but I feel like we, you know, we definitely let one slip away from us in overtime, and um, and then uh, you know the other two are against, you know, some of the best teams in the state and their in their classes, and uh, you know, so again, you know, we're, we're building towards what we want to be and um, creating that that mindset. So, you know, it's just I wish we'd have came in a little earlier, but that, that's how it shook out, and you know, here we are. Um, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but, uh, what do you teach at Dresden? I teach, uh, what they, they call it legal systems. It's a, it's a government class, uh, that, uh, the kids used to have to take, uh, political science or something. And now it's, it's fallen under legal systems. And, uh, so I teach that primarily, um, it's a semester course. So I switch class, switch kids at, at Christmas. So, and, uh, and then I teach one more business class. And that's it. Oh, okay. Is that is that what you like to teach? Or uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I went into. I went into business and business education and everything. And and there'll be a time I'm sure one day I'll get out of the classroom and want to do something a little bit different and the admin part or, or something else, you know. But I still want to coach. And um, so you know, I'm not sure I'll I'll give up coaching for a long time. You know, I, I truly love it and that's one of the main reasons i got into what i'm doing just to be honest about it and uh you know but you you start besides your football players you start you start getting closer to you know the the students you know all the other students you know and getting to know them and and uh, and their successes and everything that they deal with also so you know it's and that's that's part of being a small school also you know I, i enjoy that and uh getting to know all these kids well in my conversations with you i can tell that you love the coach it's it's obvious um, I do, you know, I, I do. I, I, it's a special, it, it, it's a special occupation. It's a, uh, you know, there's a lot there, uh, you know, as you know, you know, anybody that loves sports, there's a ton of highs and lows and, um, you know, and how you bounce back from those things kind of can define you. And, and especially with these kids, you know, we, I told them today that, you know, you're constantly going to be dealt things that you got a choice to how you deal with it. And, are you going to battle? Or are you going to get up and say it's okay? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this, or are you going to choose uh, choose an easier path sometimes? Um, and I feel like that, uh, and football can help you with those things, and and, uh, and hopefully I, I can help these guys with that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, one more little topic, and then I'll let you get out of here. Uh, me and Coach Morris talked about uh, actually a good bit about you the other night um, about how you've infl- uh, influenced him and had a great. Uh, you know, effect on his coaching career. Who are some coaches and what have they done to influence your career? Oh gosh. You know, I, I, I've been, (coughs) I've coached at, uh, oh, well, it's actually, I've I've coached at three different schools in in my 16 years. And, um, you know, and and I've had several guys over the years that influenced me in so many ways. And this, this is something I actually was thinking about last week. And, um, you know, and we're sitting in uh, in Wednesday night church and just talking, and and there was just some things that were being discussed that made me realize that 
you know, we're, we're all prideful people and we're all, uh, you know, we, the way we are as, as humans, um, you know, we sometimes don't take, you know, what, what people do for us and how they mentor us and the impact that we have on our lives. We, we just don't sit back and, and, and think about those things as much as we should. And I've thought about all the, the coaches I've coached with and, and for and everything. And, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's different areas, you know, it's not one big thing that they've done. It's just several different things that you look back and say, man, I really, way he did that, you know, I love that. And I can take that and move forward with it. Or I liked how he dealt with this player and the relationship they built with him, you know, just things like that, you know, you get along the way and, uh, and you never really have, you never, the one thing is you never really have it all figured out. You never do. There's always something different every day you, you deal with and, and, uh, and it makes it, it makes it very interesting. But anyway, um, I, gosh, the, the list is long, you know, I, you know, being with coach Morris, you know, has changed some things for me and, um, you know, uh, and there was another coach, several coaches in Murray, you know, coach Bloodworth has been there the longest and, uh, he was our, my offensive line, defensive line coach at Murray. And I learned so many different things from him, from so many different angles and views that a, having that knowledge helps you make a better decision in my opinion. And he, and he allowed that for me, you know, he, somebody like that helped me make better decisions in my opinion. Uh, and then the head coaches I've worked for over the years, you know, one worked for in East Tennessee at McMahon County was really good, you know, his structure and how he, how he got things going and how he did off season, everything and, and just his structural things of forming things. And, and, you know, and the way he handled things, I thought was great. I learned so much and it was in a big program, six, a school and, uh, God, I learned so much from them. And, and then when I moved back and I cut, uh, the coach that was before me at Dresden and coach Hewitt and, uh, he was a, uh, what I would call a player's coach. You know, the guys loved him and loved his, the way he handled things also. And, you know, and he kind of left the X's and O's coaches and, and he was, you know, he was an administrator coach, you know, he dealt with the players and did such a good, he built relationships with them. And, and I learned you know, a ton from him on the sideline and his knowledge of being around refs and how they handle things. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to sit back and relax a little bit during the game. And he did a great job of that. And I learned that from him. And, you know, just as much as anybody growing up for me was, you know, I, I got, I got the privilege of coaching with my brother. Uh, he was my defensive coordinator at Dresden during my first stint. And, uh, and he was really big into motivation. Uh, he believed that, uh, and he still does, he still coaches, he coaches in East Tennessee now, but you know, he's, he always believed that you can, you can get the best out of players strictly out of motivation and, you know, forget about X's and O's, you know, that's what coaches are going to do. Coaches will take care of X's, X's and O's, you know, but, uh, when it comes to on the field and these players, you know, we, we need to constantly be on them, hold them accountable put them in a good position to be successful um, and just motivate them to want to be there and want to compete. So that's, that's the, that's a little bit of a long version there, but I could go on and on about these guys and the impact that, and they continue to have the impact on me uh, and, and uh, what I do. And, and uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I still communicate with them and uh, that's never going to stop. Um, where's your brother at coaching now in East Tennessee? He's at Oak Ridge. Um, 
Uh, it's over close to Knoxville. Uh, it's, a, okay. it's also a big school, big traditional school that's had a lot of success over the years. And um, he's been there for several years now and loves it and loves East Tennessee. And uh, he's actually, you know, he, he's coached different positions for them. And he's kind of a jack of all trades. You know, he, he can do a lot of different things. He's their head, head swim coach over there. Swimming's real big in East Tennessee. And, uh, you know, so he's, uh, like I said, he can do a little bit of everything, but uh, very knowledgeable. Um, got a lot of fire in him. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's happy where he's at over there. And, uh, uh, they actually went to the state championship last year and lost. And, uh, but you know, that's what you fight for and that's what you battled to try to get to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you said he's a defensive coordinator. Well, he was for me. Uh, then he was a head coach for, for a few years somewhere else. And then he, he did go to East Tennessee with, with an old coach he knew real well. Um, and this kind of all transpired when I took off to Murray. Kentucky uh but um and now right now he doesn't want to be you know between me and you that's not what he, I don't think his heart's in it in that way he's their offensive coordinator right now and he just now took it for the head coach because they're such good friends and uh you know they, they had a change in some staff and over there and everything and uh, he told him he would do it for the rest of the year but uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. They they've had a rough year over there, and you, know, you have those years. Oh, yeah. and they've just they've just went through a rough year, and uh, you you go from a state championship team to, you know, to uh, you know having a, a lot more losses in, in the next season. Yeah, it's hard to deal with that, and that's what they're dealing with. And um, but anyway, you know, he's uh, like I said, he's happy where he's at, happy with what he does and his role, and uh, and that's great for him. I was wondering how Thanksgiving was with an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator at, at the table. <laughs> oh, you all see us on Friday nights when we were coaching together. <laughs> uh, but uh, we jailed really well. You know, we really did. And, you know, we had our brother spats and, and things like that. And uh, that's part of it. That's part of being competitive. And um, he's one of the more competitive people I've ever been around. And I, so I learned a ton from him. And I still, you know, I snowball. I throw a lot of ideas at him still do and just just trying to get a feel for what he thinks on something and uh you know so still bounce bounce things back and forth with each other awesome awesome um is maryville one of their prime competitors over there or are they, they well maryville's 6a and they're 5a uh but uh they scrimmage a lot and they've played some and here and there and uh so yeah he's real familiar with them too i know they're really good oh yeah every year yeah they're they're, un, they're unbelievable it's just a it's just a machine. You just keep putting, keep putting the oil and gas in it, and it just keeps on running. Sounds like Mayfield. Yep, same, same thing. Um, when uh, were you at McMahon County first or Dresden first? Because I, I, I was at McMahon. I, I was at McMahon County in East Tennessee. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I kind of started out with uh, with coaching and got there and actually coached baseball too over there and everything. And, uh, and I was a young pup then, learning and. Thought I knew things and I didn't know jack squat. You know, you, you think you know the sport until you get into the coaching side of it. And man, things just are really—it's just totally different. It's way different. And uh, and I learned. I tried to learn as fast as I could, absorb as much as I could from them. And uh, you know, and it it's, uh, it helped me so much. Away. That region is one of the closest region in Tennessee to me, so that's why I was kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. That uh, that whole area down there, they play good football. They do, and 
I love the atmospheres down there also. To me, it's it's different. You know, it, it is different over there. And, uh, you know, I, I love my time over there. And, uh, you know, and there's parts that I miss, obviously. I, th- I think you should. You know, you spend time anywhere, you should miss things. And uh, But I made some really good friends over there and some really good coaches I still talk to this day. It's been years. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, those relationships will just continue on. Selfishly, I'm hoping you guys put Marion County, come to Marion County, or come to Sequatchie County, or one of those small schools for a single leg game next year. Now, yeah, yeah, it'd be a haul though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, it'd be a big time haul. <laughs> well, coach, I've enjoyed it as always. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week after a big win over Eagleville, and keep it at home next week. Uh, I sure hope so. That'd be great. Uh, but if we play well, we should we should take care of business, and uh, hopefully we will. I appreciate it. Well, good luck, Coach. I look forward to talking to you next week. You have a good one. Uh, uh, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. And now for everybody's favorite segment. Okay, I'm just trying to make myself feel good here. Um, the picks of the week of week 12. Um, we'll start off with our Murchie traveling to Bowden. Um, Bowden is already clinched the region championship. Our Murchie's fighting for the fourth seed. I love my Indians, but I'm going to have to go with the Red Devils here. Um, although, the Indians could give uh, Bowden some trouble, but I'm going with the Red Devils. Um, Bremen is at Harrelson County. Go with the Rebels here. They've just clinched the region championship, and they're riding high. Um, Callaway is at Hurd County. It's a home game for Hurd County, but I'm going with the more speed and the reigning state champs in Callaway, the Cavaliers. Carrollton is at Douglas County. I'm going with the Trojans over the Tigers. <clears throat> I believe the Trojans have more firepower. Um, Dresden is at home in the first round of the playoffs against the Eagleville High Eagles. Really creative there, guys. Really creative. Going with the Dresden Lions. They're the two seed. Going against the three seed. And yes. Um, Moving on. We have Lamar County at Northeast. Northeast has actually been a really good team of late. And Lamar County hasn't quite figured their team out yet. I'm going to go with the Raiders of Northeast. Um, Murray is at home against Caldwell County. First round of the playoffs in Kentucky. I am going with the Tigers from Ty Holland. Go Murray. Um, yes, I know that Caldwell County beat them earlier, 20-14. to 14, But they most recently have upset Mayfield, who put up 35 points on... Caldwell County. So, let's go Murray. Um, Mountain Zion is at home against Best Academy. I've heard there's some injuries from Mountain Zion, but still, I'm going with the Eagles over the... It's a battle of the Eagles, and I'm going with the Mountain Zion Eagles. Um, a game that I don't usually pick, but I thought it was cool. Um, it's the oldest rivalry in Georgia. Tryon and Gordon Lee. Going with the Bulldogs. Tryon. 
I'd really like to see this if this was wrestling because this would be one heck of a duel right here. Um, let's see. Uh, Villarica is at home against Jackson. Villarica. This game was a close one last year, but Villarica has better coaching this year with Tim Barron. And they're reaching champs, and they're on a roll. Go Wildcats over the Jaguars. Um, West Carroll travels down to Memphis to play Booker T. Washington in the first round of the Tennessee playoffs. And I'm going with West Carroll to go down there and upset the team from Memphis. Although, it's a three-seed versus a two-seed, so it's not much of an upset. But I'm going with the War Eagles. Um, Central Carroll is traveling to Ridgeland in their last region game of the year. I'm going with Central. Darius Smiley has those Lions ready to play against the Panthers. And last but not least, the Cedartown Bulldogs are at home against the Heritage Catoosa Generals. Heritage is 3-1 and one in the region, and Cedartown is undefeated in the region. It's going to be close, but I'm going with the Bulldogs to prevail in the end. Alright guys, I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Blind Donkey Runner High School Football Podcast. If you would like, share, rate, review, and as always, have fun, and I hope you enjoy listening. Stop recording.